Henry Hill starts his gangster career as a teenager, working for the Cicero family. Against his own family's wishes and against all odds, he rises high in the wise guy ranks until hubris causes him to crash and burn, taking everyone down with him. I'm Valerie Higgs, and this is my Cinematic Bucket List. It's 1970 in New York City. This movie, a jewel in director Martin Scorsese's crown and based on a true story, starts with a bang. Well, with a couple of stabs, with a very big knife, and then a few bangs. This is the story of Henry Hill, a guy from Brooklyn who always wanted to be a wise guy. He was intrigued by the power and money that being a gangster brought you. The suits, the cars, the jewelry, the respect. So he starts working for the Cicero family against his own family's wishes. Have you seen Goodfellas? I saw it once in its entirety years ago, probably about when it came out. I watched parts here and there when it was broadcast on TV, but until the other week, I hadn't watched the entire thing in decades. Also, my go-to gangster movie is, predictably, The Godfather. It is a movie that all future gangster movies were and are compared to. When I think of the mafia in movies, I immediately think The Godfather. Martin Scorsese decided to make a younger, hipper gangster movie, while keeping it on the same level as Coppola's Godfather. Let's see if he succeeded. Scorsese could really create a universe. That's his specialty. It's not the Marvel universe that he famously poo-poos. His movies are so detailed that they seem real. In a lot of ways, Goodfellas is real. It's based on the 1985 nonfiction book Wise Guy by Nicholas Pileggi. But you, the viewer, are instantly transported right into the movie. Scorsese has a way of putting details that seem unimportant into scenes, but they add to the authenticity of the subject. For instance, what non-Italians called Italians back in the day, and I'm speaking specifically about the scene when Henry and Tommy Vito, played by Joe Pesh, steals a truck right under the nose of the driver at a diner. How Italians treated and still treat their moms. How Italians cook. Yes, the men cook just as much as their mothers and just as well. The way the gangsters would hang out at the bar or in front of the pizza joint or at the club with their girlfriends versus how they would hang out with their wives. Their nicknames, which tickled me the most. Fat Andy, Freddy No-Nose, Pete the Killer, Nicky Eyes, Jimmy Two Times, Jimmy Two Times. <laughs> you could practically smell the marinara. Scorsese assembles his usual crew, Joe Pesci as Tommy DeVito, Robert De Niro as James Conway, who, like Henry Hill, is actually half Italian and half Irish, which is an important distinction. Paul Sorvino as Paul Cicero, head of the crime family. Frank Vincent as Billy Batts. Frank Severo as Frankie Carboni. Tony Sirico as Tony Stax, even Scorsese's actual parents. And in this movie, as the star of Goodfellas, Scorsese chose the late Ray Liotta as Henry Hill. I'll be honest with you, I dreaded rewatching this movie. As I mentioned, I watched this movie when it first came out, probably on VHS. I don't think I went to the theater. I really liked it when I first saw it, but I thought I would be bored during the rewatch. Okay, maybe bored is too strong a word. Easily distracted. A big reason why. Goodfellas is one of those movies that gets quoted a lot. Never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Jimmy and I can never be made because we had Irish blood. Didn't even matter that my mother was Sicilian. 
and the most quoted one, you think I'm funny? Funny how? Funny like a clown? Do I amuse you? This movie has been so quoted, so discussed, that I didn't even think there was anything that movie had left to give. And I was wrong. This movie has plenty left to give. I got sucked in within five minutes. There were things I had forgotten about, for sure. The movie had been so overquoted that I thought the dialogue would sound fake. Nope. Still fresh. I thought the scenes would be stale after all these years. Nope. Still as exciting and engaging. I'd like to say that the famous one-take shot when Henry takes Karen, played by Lorraine Bracco, on a date is one of the most exciting non-violent scenes in the movie. They go into the club through the employee entrance, walk through the kitchen, all the while Henry is greasing everyone's palm as they go, folks recognizing him and giving him respect. They get seated right up front to see Henny take my wife, please, youngman. Karen is impressed and smitten. The scene is well executed, but so is every scene, and each scene seems natural, which is what makes the movie. Upon research, I discovered this is not an accident. According to Wikipedia... Quote, to prepare for their roles in the film, De Niro, Pesci, and Liotta often spoke with Pileggi, who shared research material left over from writing the book. According to Pesci, improvisation and ad-libbing came out of rehearsals wherein Scorsese gave the actors freedom to do whatever they wanted. The director made transcripts of these sessions, took the lines he liked most, and put them in a revised script, which cast worked from during principal photography. End quote. One of Martin Scorsese's trademarks is his use of period music. Goodfellas was set in the late 90s. 1950s into the late 1970s, and while costumer Richard Bruno and set designer Leslie Bloom make it look like those periods, which is critical, Martin Scorsese and music editor Christopher Brooks really made it sound like those periods. Again, according to Wikipedia, quote, Scorsese chose the songs for Goodfellas only if they commented on the scene or the characters in an oblique way. The only rule he adhered to with the soundtrack was to only use music which could have been heard at that time, deciding that he could use any song released before the scene in which it played took place. Quentin Tarantino uses music in his movies for different reasons, but with the same amount of success. If you hear surf music, specifically Dick Dale's guitar riff from Miserloo, you will instantly think Pulp Fiction. Or Stuck in the Middle with You, you instantly think Reservoir Dogs. If I hear the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter or Eric Clapton's Layla, I automatically think Goodfellas. It really locks the movie into your brain. Scorsese regular De Niro is always on point, so I really don't have to discuss him. He's reliable, and he's never boring. When he gives that look, and you know what look I'm talking about, you feel it. Yikes. <laughs> You're in trouble. Joe Pesci really got on everyone's radar as the hot-headed and capricious Tommy DeVito. His Do I Amuse You quote is overused by now in real life, but in the scene, it's still gold. His character is ruthless. He kills people like I would go get a cup of coffee. To him, it's pedestrian. He could kiss his mother and dig up decomposing bodies with equal energy. But the star of the movie was Ray Liotta. Can you imagine being cast as a lead in a Martin Scorsese movie with Bobby De Niro and Joe Pesci at your side? Wow. Handsome, but in a chilling way, Ray Liotta was first noticed as Melanie Griffin's ex-husband Ray in Jonathan Demme's Something Wild, which is a movie I never got around to. Desperately Seeking Susan had come out around the same time, and not only was I a huge Madonna fan, I thought the movie sounded too similar. 
Something wild got Ray on the map. Then he was in Field of Dreams as Shoeless Joe Jackson. Then he was in Goodfellas, and he was off to the races. He usually played not-so-nice guys, but I remember hearing that everyone thought he was so sweet that he wanted to play romantic leads. He did get one romantic lead in Corinna Corinna with Whoopi Goldberg with some success, but Henry Hill, gangster, was really stamped on his face. There was an actor in the 30s and the 40s who also had that same look. He'd always play the heavy, though I believe he was a romantic lead in some movie. George Raft. He had a relationship with some of the biggest actresses at that time. Carol Lombard, Marlene Dietrich, Betty Grable. So he was sexy as heck to somebody. <laughs> he probably pulled off whatever romantic character he played. While talking about good fellas, we have to mention Lorraine Bracco, who played Henry's long-suffering wife, Karen. My first Lorraine Bracco movie was Medicine Man, which was very unfortunate. I did not like her character at all. I really did not enjoy that movie either, actually. I really love Sean Connery, but I will never watch that movie again. I'm not sure what else I saw with Bracco before Goodfellas. While I'm pretty sure I was ready to be annoyed when I discovered she was in this movie, I really liked her portrayal of Karen Hill, and I stand by that opinion today. She, of course, was famously cast in The Sopranos as Tony Soprano's therapist, I guess as a nod to Goodfellas, and she really made her mark in that show. I wasn't a fan of hers in Rizzoli and Isles. Her role as Rizzoli's mother drove me crazy. I didn't really watch the show, but it was usually in the room when somebody else had it on. Goodfellas was Karen Hill's story as much as it was Henry's. She took the same road as Henry without literally living the life of crime. Maybe living the life as an accomplice and benefactor, though. She started the movie as an innocent young woman dazzled by Henry's good looks and power. She ended the movie as an embattled woman who stood by her man, no matter what that looked like. Just like Henry, she was a survivor. When Henry was doing time, she made it work. When they were down, she made it work, and she enjoyed it when things were going well. She was a ride-or-die chick, no two ways about it. I did enjoy Goodfellas during this viewing, and believe it or not, even watched it again the other day when it happened to be on TV. I jumped in about three-quarters in, so I think you know what that means. Is Goodfellas worth being known as one of the greatest films of all time? The American Film Institute thinks so is at number 92. And guess what? The British Film Institute also thinks so. It's at number 63. And I also think so, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> and we all know that we're going to run into another one or two of Martin Scorsese movies before this podcast is through. The next movie on my list is hanging out at number 91 on the British Film Institute's list. Yee Yee, a movie released in the year 2000 by director Edward Yang. Let me know your thoughts about Goodfellas and leave them on my Cinematic Bucket List Facebook page. I'd be interested in hearing what you thought. Did you think it was the definitive gangster movie? What is your favorite gangster movie? Was Goodfellas worthy of being on the list? This has been my cinematic bucket list, thanks to the podcast host platform Spotify, which actually does make it ridiculously easy to start a podcast. Thanks also to Soundstripe, which is where I found the theme music composed by Falls. And thank you for continuing to listen. If you liked today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you would rate and share it with your friends. Thank you in advance, and see you next time. Thank you.